When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dungeons Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 4, Chapter 4, titled Dear Billy. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of this episode? I actually liked it. I think you might, people might have fairly gotten the impression that I was getting a little antsy with some stuff in the last episode. I was like, how are they going to make this Victor Creel thing pay off? You know, what we know of the uh, uh, Hawkins history, how we know the upside down works to timeline of L ripping a hole between our dimensions. Like it doesn't seem to add up. And here is Steve in this episode, essentially being Aaron from episode three's podcast saying none of this shit adds up. This thing can't work for all the. Re-. So I'm like, OK, the Duffer brothers see something. And I also was thinking about ready to be like, man, if they bust, <laughs> if they bust Hopper out of the super secret Soviet prison camp. And like three and a half episodes, is that really going to be cool? And it turns out there's a big old complication with that. Uh, so I, I thought that maybe the Duffer brothers were kind of checking their brains out. And and I guess that's still on the table. But they're telling me that they haven't. They're telling me they'll mm-hmm. be be patient and wait for another 90 minutes of television and, and all will be revealed. Um and I thought some of the emotional stuff that they're doing again with these young kids is working surprisingly well. Um, so, yeah. What do you think, Jim? Uh, yeah, I, I've always really appreciated that about Stranger Things, right? That as soon as we have a question, the show knows we have a question. And it, I remember this being a thing like, you know, what's going on here? And then they'll have a character ask basically the exact same question, uh, which tells you they've thought of that. Um, and, and so it lets you kind of settle into the show a little bit easier. Uh, that that was really nice to see. Here's the thing. I, I do feel like these episodes are a little too long. I, I am starting mm. to feel the that they're losing like the breezy pulp that they like pulp feeling they used to have. Um, and they're leaning more into like prestige territory. And I don't know that that's working for me on this particular show. Uh, it's not like a fatal flaw or anything. I'm just starting to be like, oh, boy, these episodes feel pretty long. I'm not sure I always need them to be that long. Let me ask you a couple of follow-ups because, like, I think this is taking the arc that a lot of shows do, you know, uh, or a lot of series that start off, like, lighthearted, like The Hobbit or even Breaking Bad. And as you get more into the characters and to the, you know, the situation, the, the, the action keeps rising and the danger keeps escalating necessarily. Things become less whimsical, less uh, humor, you know, goes from humor to black humor to hardly any humor at all. Do you think we're just seeing that? And is this acutely felt because this was just, you know, like like Goonies, like what does a dark version of the Goonies look like? Uh, mm-hmm. It's just not sustaining the narrative weight it's having to. And then the other question I have is like, what are the parts you feel like are dragging? Because I'm having I, I, I'm kind of feeling the same, but I'm having a hard time pointing out like scenes where I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is going on forever. Yeah. 
I, I, I feel the same thing. It just doesn't feel like I said, as breezy, you know, I, I came to stranger things being really excited about how much fun it was. Um, and you know, how, how well they told their story. And I feel like it, this season is less fun, which is, which can be okay. You know, as you said, a lot of shows do this as they round the corner to the end. Um, which, Hey, this is, this is not the end of this show. Um, and also like, yeah, they, they, they're, they're telling a darker story here. It's, it's just kind of, I'm with you. Like I can't put my finger on which scenes need to go. Um, and I, I kind of like what they're doing, but at the same time, I do find myself during these episodes kind of looking at my watch going, man, this is a long episode, you know? I think I'm more of, I, I think, I, I feel like I'm borrowing trouble. Like when I have these feelings, it's like I look down and I know that in two months we've got essentially two episodes that are going to be five hours long mm-hmm. total. Yeah, long. Um, and I look at like the fact that we got like an hour 40 minute, I think, at the end of, of, of the session tomorrow. And it's more of like, oh, my God, what if this stuff just doesn't come together more than it's actually not coming together? It's more of like I'm worried that it's not going to. And I but I, I also think that um, now that I'm thinking about it. There is this like my relief of like, OK, they're not going to just bust hopper out of the super secret, you know, uh, a, a, a extra dimensional Soviet prison or whatever. Um, they're not going to break him at that easy. This exchange is not going to go super smooth. But on the other hand, I felt like Robin and Nancy's plot was super farcical. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they just breezed into this uh, oh, Notre yeah. Dame research facility and bullshit their way. And the guy's just like, oh, why not? I'm feeling re-. I felt like that was borderline kind of out of control uh, and 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 not sad. So it's like, as I'm praising them for like being aware of some plot holes and stuff, it does feel like they're trying to keep that breezy kind of like borderline childhood. Yeah. Like like when 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 Dustin uh, browbeats the librarian in a middle school into giving him some information he probably shouldn't have. Like you kind of go with that because it's dusty mm-hmm. and, and it's a Hawkins middle, middle school and, and what the hell anyway. But like when it's the director of a prestigious university's mental health or, you know, like, like asylum, two teenagers coming in with falsified records and just, and, 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 and Robin word salading her way towards, uh, you know, victory felt, a little out of uh like you said it's it's trying to do the fun stuff that stranger things used to do but in a much more adult serious situation and it didn't it didn't work as well for me and i think they're spending the um, the same amount of time like you you could have got through this hopper stuff way faster um they they could have already had hopper you know try to bust out like an episode ago at least uh we didn't need to see him you know take the chains off once and rub his poor feet right we could have just. I'm not even sure why he tried soon. to do. Yeah, like what? What? Yeah. And he was just testing. Can I do this? Can I get these things off? But like, we don't yeah. need to see that, right? We just need him to know that. Okay, I bent this thing enough, uh, and then go for it. Like, th- there's a lot of just sort of taking its time on those scenes in particular that I'm like, okay, this is not bad. It's just it's taking more time than it usually does, and scenes like. Um, Especially since it's literally undone by the end of the episode. Like, all the stuff with the chains, the snowmobile escape, all that thrilling stuff is erased by the time. Like, so, like, our three-episode investment in this arc 
has kind of been for nothing, which is fine. You can do that to an audience, but it does feel a little rug bully. Yeah, it does, especially when you're spending so much time on it. I think this stuff with Yuri could have been sped up a little bit, too. I don't know that we needed four jokes of him, uh, you know, pulling the pulling their leg. Yeah. Maybe you could do it once. I feel like that's the thing that's changed, right? Stranger Things is going for a little bit more repetition than it used to. Um, it, it used to like hit a joke like, and get out of a scene, right? And now yeah. it's kind of just lingering a bit in those scenes. And I think that's what's adding to the runtime without actually adding to the feeling of like, this is this is more substantial Stranger Things. And I think it's maybe a little bit of playing re replaying the hits like, oh, we had so much funny with Murray and the right. crazy Russian. Right. Let's have another crazy Russian, uh, you know, with the upper hand over Murray kind of, you know, kind of like call back. And I, I I think this double crossing your guy is going to continue to be a big part of it. Like, right. Possibly because they're still in Alaska. They're not even in Russia. You need someone to get them there off the books. Like, are you going to have enough? To, I know we've got like hours and hours. We almost have a whole season of television still ahead of us because of the ex- extended run times. Right. But can you really like introduce another black market, you know, air pirate? <laughs> so I don't, I, yeah. yeah and, and I, not to say it's bad. It's just, it's taking yeah. longer than stranger things usually does and making it feel less breezy to me. But. I'm starting to feel like we're the like the 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 old guys in the Muppets where we start off like, ah, oh, this episode's pretty good. It's not bad, oh, except for it was kind of terrible. Yeah, it was, it was like we're, we're talking ourselves into boom. <laughs> Absolutely not. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, there's a lot to like about it. It's just, you know, it feels different. I feel like the, but that that's a lot of this was like me being pre-gripped up before the season. Like we talked about this in the first podcast, like, oh, my God. It's been so long. These kids are going to be so old now. Like, is this that they've missed their moment? The pandemic, like, they got this out two years ago. That you know, but they've 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 missed their moment. And the first three episodes essentially kind of like dispelling that. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, maybe there is still some of that worry that's still kind of holding. Because uh, I I I don't want to get to the end of Stranger Things and not like the ending. I don't want another Game of Thrones because I've loved right. The early stages so so well, and I also there's there's a conventional wisdom that Stranger Thing hasn't hasn't been good since season one, and I wow violently reject that. Like, yeah, I, I do too. I've really enjoyed all of Stranger Things. Um, it, I can see why some people might be tired of it, but that's not me. I don't understand. I'm still enjoying getting it. tired of something that is still executing at a high level. You get tired of something when it falls off, but I, I can, yeah. I can get, I can understand, um, like it's been three years and you just like lost track and you don't have a Netflix account anymore. But like, yeah, I can't, I just can't imagine seeing three episodes of stranger things and having a Netflix account and not being like, you know what? I want to watch stranger things sure. for sure. Uh, would it surprise you to know this is not the final season? Um, no, I heard that there was going to be a fifth and final season. I was confused yeah. because the way they were talking about the final season and the extra long episodes, it made it seem like season four might have been the end. But it's it's my understanding that season four, there, there'll be one more. There'll be one more. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't Netflix. know. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to play out. It's, I mean, Netflix usually cancels things after the second season, so <laughs> this, this is like their, run than any other. This this is one of the last franchises they have that still have like serious Q yeah. rating recognition kind of things. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I wonder if they'll do it also 
uh, if we get to the end and it'll feel because like I felt like almost every end of the Stranger Things franchise except for season three could have been the final mm-hmm. you know like they got to like where season three there was an obvious like Hopper is not dead he's over and like there's going to be more story it'll be interesting to see if how they finish season four if like Netflix because they are hemorrhaging cash this is a very expensive series but an important one to them I wonder if they don't get the response that, like is there a possibility that they might just cancel the fifth season eh, i doubt it yeah i doubt it but we'll see yeah you're probably right um okay what do we want to get into for a deeper dive do you have anything else you want to say non-specifically or uh no not non-specific i do want to talk about some of these characters though um i want to open to something light and breezy okay i appreciated uh seeing lucas's sister erica uh-huh. Uh the SAS the SAS machine. I appreciated seeing her painting her mini under a giant magnifying light. Uh <laughs> I, I, I like because I, I feel like um the, as as much as they use D D as like the core of this that like the the actual D D kind of culture hasn't been as represented and I, I like seeing the the mini painting. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um I, I wish we were seeing more of that stuff. Like I I don't know. I'm trying to think back to previous seasons. There wasn't a ton of the kids playing D and D, right? It was kind of bookending season one. It was always just the kind of like the book cover to get the like the, the flavor yeah. to get you into the mind flayer and the demogorgon and setting up the stakes. But yeah, yeah, they, they were always talking in terms of like, oh, this is the demogorgon, right? And that's this is the monster we're battling, and and putting it in context of the D and D monster manual or whatever. But like. They're still doing that this season. I think it just mm-hmm. people, you know, forget every time they say Vecna, they're talking about D and D, right? That isn't sure. literally this demon's name, uh, but it is. It's 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 a lot of background flavoring. Bring it, and I, and honestly, I really like the uh, the way they intercut the championship and the the final campaign session. It's again, I feel like there's been more RPG elements this season than there has almost all the other seasons combined as terms of like, you know, talk, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I just, I just think that I, I like seeing the kids play and we haven't seen that yeah. as much in the last two seasons. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm happy now that I got the reference they were going for with Steve McQueen, the cooler King, uh, when, <laughs> when they're talking about Hopper here. Uh, cause I would not have gotten that a month ago or whenever we covered the great escape, dude, the great escape is referenced all the fucking time. And I just don't think I've ever noticed, noticed it. Cause like the yeah. cooler King, I would just assume that was just his nickname because he's so cool. Uh huh. And it's cold but, up there. Uh, and you, yeah. You'd be like, Oh, sure. okay, whatever. But no, that's the Steve McQueen reference. And also that you got to be better than Steve McQueen uh, or else you go back. Cause like Steve McQueen mm-hmm. as queen as cool as he was, went back to the cooler. Uh, <laughs> right? You don't want to end up in the back, back in the cooler in this situation. That's exactly what happened though. He got, he got Steve McQueen. He got Steve McQueen. I wondered like when they, they, they talked about Steve McQueen and then Hopper takes off barefoot on a snowmobile. I was wondering if we were going to have like some kind of jaw dropping mid season effect <laughs> stunt palooza. Like he's going to be jumping uh, barbed wire barriers and things, but nah, it's pretty, pretty pedestrian in, in terms of. Yeah. Do you, are, are they building? Hop, okay. Hop has always been a larger in life presence on the show, 
But they're building him into like almost a mythical Paul Bunyan-esque quality, just in his pain, stamina and his physical strength. The fact that he can ride in Russia barefoot on a snowmobile and not lose all of his toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm kind of excited for them to now that, you know, David Harbour's post Hellboy post like to just be like, you know, what? we're going to make this guy a superhero. Yeah, I, I could see it. Um, I want I want to see him bust bust Russian heads and yeah. upside down Demogorgons with his bare hands. <laughs> the size sure. of boulders. Yeah, I believe he could take a Demogorgon. Well, one. Did you recognize the Russian, the corrupt Russian guard? You know, it's been in my head and I've been like, man, where have I seen this guy? Where have I seen Enzo before? Because I know I have. His face looks so familiar. And then I saw an email come in this morning. Okay. Uh, where the subject I, line clued me. And I was like, yes, of course. It, the, I, I saw a couple Twitter messages from our coverage last week. It's Jack and Hagar. If you've been like, well, who is this oddly roguish, extremely handsome man who's guarding Hopper? It was Jack and Hagar, the faceless mm-hmm. man from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, another big, another big uh, stunt casting. Mm-hmm. Robert Eglund. Eng- Did England. I pronounce? Is it England? I, okay. Yeah. See, I, I should let you do this because you're the horror guy. He's uh, Freddy Krueger. He is. Yeah. Uh, I kind of expected that it might have been him under the Vecna makeup too, or the, or the I, I CG. Did too. I don't think it is, but, uh, but I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't do that stuff anymore. But I think it's David Harbor underneath that Vecna makeup still. But I, it's it's Robert Eglin was playing Victor Creel. Yes. Now, I haven't seen any of his out. non I think I've seen a couple of his non Freddy Krueger roles but they've always been like stunt casting and stuff like scary movie or like a Star Trek episode or whatever mm-hmm. um, I was kind of surprised like Victor Creel is a real ass role that has a lot of pathos and uh, acting crying um, angst and, uh, I thought he did a really really good job with it yeah that's a big uh, a big loaf of a role to, to sink your teeth into. Yeah. It's a broken old man tormented by the fact that he survived by the fact that none of his family did uh, clearly traumatized by mistakes he made in World War II under fire. Um, and I, holy shit. Also, this season of Stranger Things is horrific. The implication of the baby screaming like hysterically and the crib on fire and like him walking into that chalet that he bombed. I, I thought that stuff and the Max Nightmare mode was extremely disturbing material, even for like Stranger Things. Yeah, I, um, I, I sort of expected us to get more answers there, um, like to all of Steve's questions, right? Like how how did this happen in the fifties? I thought it was L that ripped the hole open, and yes, but the, but it's a very old. Uh, the upside down is very old. I I guess I was waiting for more to come from this scene, um, but I assume we'll get that further down the line because the show oh, obviously kinda, knows those are the questions we're yeah. waiting for answers for. They know that we're at, that they've identified all the questions that they need to answer, which makes me feel good. I kind of like it with four episodes in of a nine episode season that it's still very Lovecraftian. Like this uh-huh. guy that survives, it doesn't even understand why, and like Robin. And Nancy standing outside of his kind of a trauma and, and all of his uh, uh, post-traumatic stuff. 
are able to identify elements and like bring it together. But he himself doesn't even know. It's just like, you know, like he survived glimpse and Cthulhu and has a sanity intact just barely, but doesn't doesn't can't can't doesn't even understand the fact that like, he thinks an angel saved him. It's Ella Fitzgerald. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. And I like how they visualized, um, you know, Max in the Vecna's kind of like web of pain and despair and this music essentially tears it's not a it's not uh, a panacea it doesn't make it stop it just tears a small hole where you can navigate through it back to the daylight if you're if you're a strong enough character and you have enough people that to support and love you yeah no i i kind of liked it you know um there's always been this theme of friendship and how much stronger it makes them together um, and you know her flashbacks during that song playing uh, connected the dots between like the music and the friendship and the protection that that offers right I I, I think thematically that was a really good scene uh, and visually it was a great scene too um, it felt almost like a f- um, more of a season finale kind of moment the way they built it up kind of yeah for sure um, I, I do so I, I was sitting there and I, I'm watching uh, Victor Creel give his speech or whatever. And I wish they had not spoiled the reveal of his eyes in the trailer. Um, mm, being, yeah. Well, I didn't know what had happened to his eyes. I thought they were like sewn shut or something based on the trailer, uh-huh. but they were not. They're just, he took razor blades to them, which to me is got to be the most nonsensical way to commit suicide. I've ever heard of like, He's he's gonna cut his eyes, which will kill him somehow. How did he expect that to work? Because I, I don't see it. Pun intended. I'm trying to. I I had the same. That seems like something like you do in a botch ritual. But also, like, to what extent does the Vecna still torment? Like, why? That's that, that that's part of the question I have about the 50s situation. Is like, why did the Vecna stop? He consumed an entire family. He left one victim get away. And was he taken to the mental institution that's just outside? Because they keep on talking about this being a home of evil. That's evil needs a home. This, home, this evil is always there. It's skulking around the, the shadows, the corners, the mm-hmm. the the deep places of, of Hawkins in this home. Um, it could be that he's like physically bound to the land. It could be um, yeah. that there is something. And I, I think they even noted that, that there's uh, something about the thinness of the, the walls between the dimensions here, spatially in Hawkins. Um, I imagine that that'll be part of the answers we get. But yeah, I, I didn't quite understand because yeah, you're right. That's, that's the least of it is like, it's like, Oh, they, they stopped the bleeding. I'm like, can you bleed to death from your eyes being slashed open? Like, <laughs> so, just- I, there's definitely a part of your body. You can bleed to death from slashing open. And it ain't sure. your eyes. Uh, uh, I mean, gouging eyes out has been like, you know, millennial old non-lethal punishment. <laughs> like, right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was trying to join them wherever they went because like, you know, when, when it happens to you, your eyes get sucked out or whatever. Maybe he was oh, like, okay, if I can repeat this ritual somehow myself, I can get to where they are. I can make it. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah. And I'd rather be in their hell than, than still hell without, without them. them yeah yeah uh i, I don't know that, that that's interesting sense. i think the other thing is i'm looking to see how the russian stuff connects to this because right now they're very much separate but we know that the russians are on to the stuff that's happening with the upside down and could they have possibly been part of what opened it up in the 1950s 
Mm. In Hawkins, I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but you think it'll be some kind of time? Oh, will it be some kind of time travel thing where like L and Hopper and everybody goes back to the fifties to stop the Vecna, which starts the Vecna, and it's this Hmm. this nice little loop, self-contained loop that they're going to create. That'd be interesting. I I like like does it connect to? Does it connect to L killing the entire laboratory with her mind and Dr. Brenner saying, what have you done? Yeah. Like, did she do something that not just opens up a portal to the next dimension, but also opens up a tor- portal front to back? The other question I had could be is the Vecna's throne world or whatever the hell you want to call it does not look like traditional representations of the upside down. Yeah. Like this blood red, red, more tentacly than viney. And I know it's subtle differences, but like, I wonder if the Vecna is actually outside the Demogorgons. Like, like if, if L opened up a portal between our world and there, did she knock any other portals? And is the upside down being taken over by stronger, more evil forces? Um, like, does she start Possible. an extra dimensional war? Because uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to connect all this back to the initial scene of mm-hmm. little L causing so wreaking so much havoc um and we do see yeah. so, so we do see vecna in what i would classify as the upside down with all the you know floaties and everything but that's like vecna's pov right like right. we're we're in the place with vecna and it's he's not like a mind fucking anybody right but he when he's inside that, someone's head, yeah. it looks yeah. very different. It looks like this yeah. red hellscape. And I, I guess that's the other explanation going the other way. It's like, well, this isn't his reality. This is what right. he's making someone else see. Yeah. But it also seems like like what Max saw in that blood red thing is like that's the Victor Creel home kind of pulled apart and orbiting mm-hmm. this vampire type landscape just covered in like blood and vessels. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel I do feel less bad about them spoiling the Vecna because he is like just one of the many horrific things that you see this season. Um, mm-hmm. Like Fred and Chrissy, like all uh, alien styled resined up and, you know, their little little spike that he's, I guess, still draining them. At the, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I wonder if we'll see Victor yeah. Creel's family still there, too. Could be. I don't think any songs are bringing them back, though. No, no, they don't. They just don't. That's because they don't like pop music today. It's true. Uh, you're not going to find Ella Fitzgerald rolling around in Steve's Steve's tape collection. I don't think. No. Nope. Oh, speaking of Steve, I like Steve with with another improvised melee weapon. He just grabs the ubiquitous <laughs> brass lamp that everyone's mom or dad had at some point in their house and mm-hmm. went to go almost beat the crap out of Lucas with it. Uh I, what what is going to be his signature improvised melee weapon? Uh, is he going to keep the brass lamp? Is he going to go to something more Mad Max? Mm. Classic baseball bat. I mean, he could go with a skateboard. It's right around the time where like a good long board would probably be effective. Sure, sure. Especially now that you got characters out in California. Yeah, let's get Steve out to California. Mm. Get him on a skateboard. Get him yeah. beating people with, with trucks. Beating people mm-hmm. to death with trucks and wheels. <laughs> we're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. 
Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. The other thing that I, I had noticed what a dick Mike was being in the last episode. Sure. Uh, and I want to switch over to that for a second because I thought this was a really strong episode for Mike and Will, uh, especially Will. Will is such a good friend. Um, Will just wants the group together. Will just wants to hang out with his friends and for everything to be cool. And so he's like willing to overlook <laughs> Mike being a dick to him. Uh, and, and sit with Mike when Mike is having troubles, right? And then listen to him talk about, you know, the problems he's having. And I thought that was just like so generous of Will after Mike was an asshole to him. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, Mike describing him and Elle's fight as more adult, like something like, you know, it's not just a bickering fight. It's a fight maybe that you said things you can't come back from. Um I don't know, because I, I was wondering myself is like, is Will being a good friend or is Will just have extremely low self-esteem? And um, because like, is Mike better because he realizes that he's been a shit friend to Will or is L just not there yeah. for him to obsess over? Yeah. And this is what you always got to wonder with Mike. I, I feel like. Yeah. He's been so that like, kind of guy. Yeah, like like maybe I thought maybe, but they're kids. That's the other thing. It's like I like mm-hmm. I'm trying to judge these guys like they're 35 year old, you know, uh, ha- haven't haven't re- but they're they're kids and and Will's been through a lot. Yeah. Uh, I like Will's point because like obviously the kids get assigned these federal agent babysitters. You know, Joyce and Hopper, people that they trust implicitly, can't keep them to stand in one spot. What are these? So, so we know they're going to. But I like Will's Will's point about like, well, I trust Paul Reiser, <laughs> even though I can't believe I'm saying it. <laughs> but even when he was, you know, the good guy helping us out, he didn't save us. It was uh, we saved ourselves. You guys saved me. L saved me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I thought that was interesting that they're giving these kids like they're, you know, uh, a good reason not to stay sit to rebel against their adult captors. Uh, I do wonder because they're they're being real coy about L, like where she is, what they're doing to her. The process might take weeks, might take months um, of strengthening her psionic abilities. Do you have what do you how, how do you feel about how that's going? I, I really don't know. I mean, we do, we're not given any kind of real look into it. Um, I assume that's coming next episode. We'll get to sit with Elle for a little while while she undergoes this new training. But yeah, for mm-hmm. now, I'm I'm up in the air on it. Um, I guess I liked Max's dealing with her mother. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I I don't know about the. It seems such a little kid solution to leave these letters to everybody in case something happens. Uh, what are the odds that those letters yeah. get open and read before she dies, especially now that she survived the Vecna? Uh, almost certainly. Like, I, I I don't know, because I'm trying to figure out what's real and what isn't here. Um, her mom was clearly Vecna at some point, and I don't know when that happened. Like, did she actually leave letters? I'm I, I'm not totally Ooh. sure. Because I think she went in here? and left the letters and she went because mm-hmm. the way I perceive these Vecna events is like when Bill Ba was no Fred was talking to the sheriff. I think the sheriff was there, but the Vecna just like used that to start to pick on and he get like it, it brought on a vision and he snapped back. I don't think like, I don't think the, yeah. the Vecna ever possessed that sheriff. So I think her mom was standing out there, you know, hanging up uh, clothes on the line. And I liked how smoothly it switched to her comforting Mm -hmm. her and say, everything's going to be okay. And the clouds rolling. But nothing's going to happen bad except for the things you deserve. And then now the clothes are dripping with blood and all that kind of shit. I I think Mm -hmm. her mom was there. And, like, if that happened to me, if, like, my kid just wigged out in the middle of hugging me and said she left a whole bunch of suicide notes... Very first thing I'm doing is stomping in there and opening letters and seeing what they have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think it might... will get opened. I I like that stuff a lot. I, I think, the, yeah, it's the kid's way to, to solve a problem here. But I think, like, it's as, it's as good a way as any, right? If you have stuff you need to tell your your friends and family and you think you're dead in 24 hours, uh, yeah, leave them notes. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing you can do, really. But, like, even if it is a kid solution to this problem, I think that works with this show, right? That they always have yeah. kid solutions to problems. And that's part of the charm of it is the kid solution to problems always ends up working. And it's another uh, crazy complication because they've already got the varsity high school team looking for them out for blood. Mm-hmm. And now they understand that Lucas is a turncoat, or at least they believe him to be uh, Max. If her mom goes and reads all this creepy, crazy, suicide sounding stuff she's going to call the cops cops are already on high alert to try to figure out what's going on in this town they're they, they're going to the kids are going to be wanted by the police going to be wanted by the basket varsity basketball team like there's they're going to be permanently on the lam for the rest of the season which is i think when this show operates best you know when the kids are kind mm-hmm. of cut off and having to kind of improvise on their own so i'm interested in in, in seeing where that goes because it, it does seem like it's just another complication for them yeah, I'm wondering how they'll all get back together because you've got some in California, you've got some in Alaska, you've got some in Russia. It seems a big ask to get them all back together, but the show always does that, right? Yeah, and I don't know because it might be fun. Um, 
every time something fun begins to happen, like Steve starts needling Dustin, like they go on to something different because they, they, they these kids are almost like there's the stakes are too high for them to start goofing around. I think the fun's going to come with Argyle. Now the Argyle, uh, who's the pineapple pizza delivery guy, the stoner. Oh, yes. Now okay. that Argyle is in the mix and providing Uber services, I think I think the show is going to have finally uh, uh, a goofy straight man that they can they can play off like they have so well in in seasons before. The older mm-hmm. kids used to be that straight kid, and then like Max and yeah. Billy was. I, I think I think they'll get they'll get Argyle going. Argyle seems like a really solid straight man. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's not straight at all. Right. Uh, yeah, but he's not in on it, right? He's like the outsider who can think all this stuff is crazy. And yeah, I do. I do wonder why are all this because I'm on one hand, I'm, I'm glad that the Russian stuff isn't going to be so simple to resolve. But on the other hand, like now I don't see how the hell they ever get Hopper out of there because he's already right. tried to escape. Uh, he his his guard um, which I assume is a big enough role that he's not going to go away. Like he's going to be him and his guard and, and and him and Enzo and Yuri are going to still get I, it. Yeah. I I'm, I'm not seeing how they're going to get Hopper out of the USSR without introducing new parts. And I guess maybe that will be frustrating if I feel like that they spent two and a half episodes doing something that was just stalling for time until they did the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, I I think it's going to come down to, well, you're going to have to get Murray and Joyce on a plane to Russia, right? So Yuri's probably just going to fly them over there. But on the way, they're probably going to end up stealing his plane, like taking over his plane. I would love to see a scene of Murray Mm. trying to pilot a plane. Murray might be able to. Murray is a renaissance man. Murray knows Kung Fu. but like... Murray knows Russian encryption borderline, right? It's like Murray thinks he knows a lot and he actually does know quite a bit, but I think there are limits to his like, sure book knowledge and his practical knowledge where those things butt up against each other could be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that being really funny. Um, So I kind of hope that's what happens. And then I don't, I don't know how they land and get Hopper, but you know, something, something's got to give there. You're right. Yeah. Um, I did like that scene where Hopper arrives at uh, Yuri's smuggler storage depot, the land of uh, Levi's and camels and peanut butter. And he's like, feels happy and safe for the first time. And God knows how long for probably since last summer began. Um, yeah. And it doesn't last very long. But it's just nice to see Hopper, not a scared animal for, for, for two seconds. Yeah. Being in peanut butter heaven for a little bit. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, if you just had Russian gulag food, oh man, right. Jeff, it's got to taste like cotton candy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm trying to think. If there's anything in that, like, because I I was looking at the, like what Victor told Nancy and Robin, and I mean all the parts are there, like you, you know the trauma, the guilt that he was feeling. It seems like that they're that that what the Vec, Vecna like really excels in homing in on is some existing sense of guilt and shame. Uh, yeah, that that sure. that's been a requirement for all of them, um, and also I guess we're in new territory because uh, this has been like a, a ring situation. That six days after you start, you know, getting these ghostly visitations and these 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 visions, you die. And mm-hmm. Max was like bang on schedule for that, and she was able to survive. The only other example we have of someone surviving the Vecna just essentially lives forever. Mm-hmm you know, is allowed to complete their natural life. So 
it seemed like the Vecna was pissed. Like he was pulling out all the stops to try to keep her there. Like, you know, and, and I also wondered like how much of that was real. Like if one of those bricks had hit her, would she have died? Like, what does right. that even mean? Is that just his psychic strength against hers? A what does that tell us about Max? Yeah. Yeah. Or was that just illusion to try to break her, her will and resistance? I, I got a lot of questions about that, but like I was, I'm kind of with you. It was remarkable how little information we got out of Victor other than the music thing. Yeah, it, it was nice to see his backstory and how that all happened to him uh, with his family and stuff. But yeah, we didn't. He didn't seem to know much, right? Which I guess right. sort of makes sense too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the scene with Bill, uh, Max and Billy's grave. The fact that you know they'd sur- would surmise this with the flashbacks, but that the she feels just really guilty um, that Billy died essentially a hero. And she can't tell anybody about that. And also that she feels deep down that she's a little guilty that she didn't try to be do anything heroic to save him. And the follow on guilt that if she had her saving her brother and her and the brother saving her would have forged them into a fast friendship and they could have healed all their family. Like there's all this stuff that goes on top of that realization. Mm-hmm. But it went a long way to explaining why Max is just got the life drained out of her this year. Yeah. You know why she things have gone bad. Cause like, she just feels like she's the the reason that everything's gone to shit. Yeah. And, and I can see a path forward for her as well. Um, getting right with the death of Billy can be the thing that can, you know, permanently save her from Vecna. Uh, but she's yeah. not quite there yet. I, Cause I do think like when Billy, you know, Vecna Billy comes up to her and is like, there's some small part of you that's relieved. I'm dead. I think I think that might be true. Um, it, I, I think that should be true. Honestly, he was a shit to her. He was a terrible older brother. Uh, I think it would be right of her to feel a little bit of relief there too. Yeah, a it's small a complicated part. thing, you know. It's not, yeah, because people don't feel all one thing. No, you know? it's usually no. a lot, you know. Yeah, so he's probably right about that, and I think that's maybe the thing that she needs to to own up to, and then you know overcome, and then sort of just like get right with the death of her brother. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, but she's, yeah, she, they, they did a little bit of a fake out. Cause I thought I was about to throw my remote when she's running, she's running for safety, running for safety and fade for black. And I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake. I know I can just hit next episode, except for I got a right. fucking podcast first, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, come on. But I, I, I was glad to see that in do the cheap, the cheap cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, because again, the interesting thing is not whether Max lives or dies; it's now what. So, yeah, and now we get to find now what. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, or should we get back to our watch? Nothing. That's it. Cool. Uh, again, strangerthingsatballmove.com. If if uh, you you if if we miss something, if you want to be the four hundred and seventy ninth person to tell us uh, that uh, the in Enzo is Jack and Hagar. We accept all that stuff at strangerthingsatballmove.com. Again, we're holding all of our feedback until next week when we can do a season four A wrap up uh, and get our best speculation and guesses on what's going to happen next month when the Stranger Things comes back July 4th weekend. But uh, yeah, we're going to get back to our watch. We got one more episode today and we're going to finish up the mammoth supersize episodes of Stranger Things tomorrow. Uh, We'll see you in the next one.